mother country. We would love to see it and celebrate the incredible family that we have in this place. Well, no, my Heidi Michael, Denise Taku Ingor, welcome everybody to church this morning. It is great to have you here. And if you are here for the very first time, a very special welcome to you. It's an absolute privilege to have you with us this morning. Feel free to relax. Sit back, eat your crunchy. We're allowed to eat crunchies. It's all good. Calories don't count on Sundays. That's lying. That's not from the Bible. I'm just... Aren't we supposed to prophesy? <laughs> anyway, hey, look, um, we are in week five of our series called the, called the Lord is My Shepherd, and we've been doing Psalm 23. And so I'm going to start right off by reading the Word of God. I think it's a great place to start. And then I'm going to pray and we're going to dive straight into it. But I'm going to start from the beginning. We're up to uh, verse 5 today, but I'm going to start from the beginning. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, of evil, sorry, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this is today's verse. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your anointed word. We thank you that it is living and active. And Lord God, I just pray this morning that you would speak to every single one of us through your word. I know that you have gold, you have freedom, you have healing, you have encouragement, and you have wisdom in your word. And I pray this morning that as I share what I feel you've put on my heart, that you, people would not hear me, but they will hear you, their shepherd's voice. God, may your word fall on great soil this morning, that the wind may not blow away. God, we love you, and we welcome you here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, a bit of a confession time. And I'm right at the beginning, I'm just doing a confession. And I just hope that I'm not the only one. You're going to see your pastor, you know. Anyway, it's okay, Denise. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one, but do you also have people sometimes that you try to dodge? Like in the restaurant, in the supermarket, in the main street across the street. I know it sounds really bad coming from a pastor, but is uh, am I the only one that sometimes you have people that you deliberately try to dodge? It's not often, I'm just saying, and it's nobody in this room, I'm just saying. <laughs> that sometimes there's people that we try to dodge, that we try to stay away from. Maybe it's that person who's a negative Nelly on, on overload. And you know the minute you're going to start talking to them, they're going to drain the living daylights out of you. And you're going to walk away just like a raisin. <laughs> or maybe it's that person that has verbal diarrhea and does not have a mute button. And that you know that if you, they see 
and start a conversation, you're going to be rich or sunburned. Am I the only one? <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm just, I just know that you're, you know, truth is in the house and we're not all, there is other people like me like that. But um, we all have people that we prefer not to be in contact with at certain times. And today in verse 5, David is talking about a category like that, but he's talking at another whole level. He's talking today about enemies. Enemies. He's talking about, now for him, that was Saul and his men. If you read the Bible, you'll uh, read about David's story. Oh my goodness, he had enemies. Enemies that wanted to take his life. These people that I dodge in the supermarket do not want to take my life. They just want to take my time. But David is talking about enemies. Now, verse 5 that we're going to focus on today says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What? That sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? In the presence of my enemies. You know, it's interesting in Psalm 23, what we've read so far from verses 1 to 3, that David has talked about the Lord, hasn't he? He said, The Lord is my shepherd. He will lead me through the valleys. He's pulled beautiful images from his life, and he writes an incredibly descriptive psalm. And the main image that he uses thus far is God as a shepherd, isn't it? Green pastures, still waters, valleys. And the thing is that shepherding was very familiar to David because he was a shepherd before coming, becoming a king of Israel. And the heart of Psalm 23 is that God protects and cares for us. God protects and he cares for his people. David's confident, even in those valleys of death, that God will also lead him through those seasons. Therefore, he need not fear. He just needs to trust God. He just needs to trust. But what's incredible about the imagery, I mean, this is a very descriptive psalm, is he doesn't just come out and say, I trust God. He makes sure that he paints this beautiful picture. It's a very personal picture of stuff that he has walked through. So today, I want to break this down. I'm going to break this down into four sections, and we're going to see what David is expressing in each one of these areas of verse 5. So first of all, you prepare a table before me. This verse marks a shift. It marks a shift from the primary image that he used as a shepherd to God being a host. Who loves a good host? I love a good host. I think I'm the main host in our house, but I do love it when I go somewhere else and there is a host. And in ancient East, uh, in the ancient East where David was uh, from, and in that time, being a host was a huge deal, like a big deal. Your reputation and everything was riding on it. You were expected to care for and meet the needs of your guests. But what we're going to see here is that God is no ordinary host. See, this is where God is the host, not David. He's a super-duper host, like top-grade, like better than, what is it, master chef thing, series. <laughs> he goes above and beyond to lavishly care for his people. And the first image of preparing a table is what a host would do when company arrived. Now, we've been to Israel, and, you know, I would just imagine when they've walked through that desert and they arrive, they'll be dusty, and they'll be sore, and they'll be starving, and they'll be thirsty. 
and the host would prepare a table for their guests, a table to find rest and nourishment. Can I say this morning that I believe some of you need a table to find rest and nourishment? And God's got that for you. God's got that for you. The second imagery we have is that he says, in the presence of my enemies. Now, initially, I would think that that's a typo because those two don't go together, a table and my enemies at the same time. But what God is saying here, what David is expressing, is that God is providing for what we need, not by removing our enemies, but in the very midst of our enemies. And this image is striking, isn't it? It's as if you're there enjoying a meal after a long day surrounded by the people and the things that want to harm you. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound very restful. It sounds slightly stressful. But David reminds us that we can sit at his table in peace, regardless of what's happening in and around us. So, so when we talk enemies, what do you mean by enemies, Denise? Enemies can be external Things, yes, people, personalities, scenarios, situations. But it can also be internal enemies. Fear, rejection, anxiety. I don't know about you, but they sit around my table sometimes. There's enemies internally and externally. And Dave reminds us that we can sit at his table in peace regardless of what's happening to us and around us because God is protecting us. He is both our shepherd and our host, a super host. And he's ready, as any good shepherd is, to strike anything down that comes for us. He will protect us. How incredible is that? You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And the third imagery this morning is you anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. Now, a common practice in ancient Egypt by hosts was to welcome their guests by pouring oil on their head. Would have had great hair, I reckon. Pouring oil onto their head. You see, oil was refreshing and it was soothing. Just what a tired, dehydrated, withered traveler would need. It's interesting from a shepherd perspective that it was also common for shepherds back then to put oil on their sheep. They, this protected them from bugs. I'm not saying you have bugs, but that's what a shepherd did. Protected them from bugs and soothed their dry skin. God is a gracious and very thoughtful host. He not only protects, hosts and feeds and nourishes and fights for us, but he also anoints us with oil. He heals our wounds and provides us with rest. This morning, I really believe that God wants to pour oil on some of you, not literally, but in the sense that you experience his rest, his favor, his soothing goodness. And the final imagery we have in verse 5 is my cup overflows. This description is one that shows us that God just doesn't give us what we need, just enough, but overflows. It's pouring out of our cup. He loves to bless you. 
So if you've ever got time to read, not if you've ever got time, you have got time to read Deuteronomy 28. It is so descriptive of the blessings that God has for you. It overflows. You see, the relationship of a shepherd to his sheep is one that constantly looks out for the needs of their sheep. In a similar way, God is constantly looking out for the needs of us, his people. And he takes it a step further. He just doesn't offer just enough, but an overflowing cup. You see, David expresses in the psalm that he feels safe and cared for in God's presence because God is providing absolutely everything that he needs and more. This psalm reminds us that even though there'll be times where we feel surrounded by enemies, that God is still with us. He will not abandon us and he will protect us. So why does God allow you to be in a place where you are surrounded by your enemies? I mean, what's the point of this? Well, I want to share with you three quick thoughts on why he might allow us to sit around surrounded by our enemies where he can lavishly love on us. The first is to show you his power. He has incredible power. You know, when I was growing up, uh, I had the privilege of every Christmas we would relocate for six weeks to a beach, either up the Coromandel or out to Ragland, where my dad, who was a policeman, would relieve the local town cop the beach cop for them to go off on holiday and we would pack up the house and the animals I remember once we went with two mice and we came back with 20 and um, and we would take everything the fishing rods and the bikes and everything and dad would be able to we'd stay in a police house and dad would be able to pick his ships of however he wanted to do them <clears throat> and one day now I'm about 10 I'm an only girl my younger brother was about seven and my older brother was about 13. And one day, Dad came home in the middle of the day and said, come on, kids, we're going to go into the Raglan Harbour. We're going to go on a, I've got a dinghy, aluminium dinghy. We're just going to go for a little ride. Not far, but let's just go and enjoy and get out on the water. Great. Awesome. Calm seas, sun shining, life jackets on, of course. Of course, life jackets on. Thank the Lord. And my dad's always been into equality. What's good for the boys is good for my girl. So we're out there, we've gone offshore, and Dad says to me, okay, you're all going to have a turn, you can all have a turn, but Bub, do you want to have a turn first at driving this boat? I said, what? Yes. Awesome. Trump my brothers, that's great. So before he could say anything, I had scooted along to the end, I had grabbed that long lever, and I had pulled that throttle fully down. Yes, some of you know exactly what happened. And oh my goodness, oh my goodness, immediate panic, fear, words I cannot and will never repeat came out of my father's mouth and spaghetti arms to try and keep us all in the boat as we about 100 miles an hour did this 360 on our side circle. <laughs> I did not know how much power that little two-stroke engine had. Needless to say, the auntie was cancelled right there and then. <laughs> Once the adrenaline calmed down, my brothers thought I was quite cool, actually. <laughs> but my dad, even to this day, as a 74-year-old, when I repeat that story, he's like, oh, he kind of shudders. It's in his memory forever. 
You see, that motor was more powerful and strong than I could ever comprehend. I would like to update you that I am now a full competent boat driver. I can do it very safely now. God wants to show you his power. He wants to show you his power. We serve a God who is strong and powerful. He wants to show you his power in breakups and breakdowns, in your health, in your decision-making, in your finances, in your home, in your family. God's power is always available, and it's never switched off. It's never switched off. God works best. He loves the impossible situations. He works best in situations where you have no options but to trust him. Like when you're surrounded by people and scenarios and things, internal, external, that feel out of control and like an enemy to you. First Chronicles 29, 11, one of the books in the Bible, the Old Testament says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. That's incredible, eh? What you think is a battle is actually an opportunity, an opportunity for God to show you his power. My second thought of why God allows us to be in a place where we are surrounded by our enemies is to show you he's present. He's not far distant. He's present. He says, you prepare a table before me. He prepares a table for two. He prepares a table for two. Now, I love table decor. I love a great menu. And I was raised to set a formal table setting very prim and proper. Do it once and do it right, my nanny used to say. But when God is my host, I'm not looking at where the knives and forks are. I'm not looking at where the carrots, whether there's carrots or whether there's cake. I'm looking at who's at my table. Who's across from me at my table? Because God says he prepares a table for me. Hebrews 12, 2 to 3 says, Fix our eyes, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus has prepared a table for you. He's sitting at your table. I don't know about you, though. You know, when there's a table for two, how easy it is for the enemy to think that he can just pull up a chair and add it to the table. I agree. You know, that that chair of self-doubt, rejection, anger, frustration, hurt, chaos, work. He loves to pull that chair up, doesn't he? When it's you and God's time. That's so cute. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus because the second part of that Hebrews 12 says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Fix your eyes on Jesus so you do not grow weary or lose heart. God wants to show you his power, he's present, and he wants to show you the third thought is his victory. That he is victorious. He is king of kings and he is lord of lords. There is no one that trumps him. He is victorious. There's a song, and don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. I, I, I'm not on the band for a reason. 
I'm not going to sing it. But the song says, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. How? You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. The truth is your victory and my victory over our enemies that are attempting to surround us have already been won against. Your victory's already been paid for. Jesus did it on the cross. He wants to show you that you are victorious because he is victorious. You're on the winning team. Maybe you didn't know that, but you are. Have you read the end of the book? You're on the winning team. He gained the victory on the cross for us, a free gift. When we confess and repent, he is faithful to forgive us. As we come to a close this morning, I want us to have an opportunity to take communion together. What is communion? Well, communion is a place where we remember and we reflect on what Jesus has accomplished for us. Because Jesus is powerful, he's present, and he's victorious. He's powerful, he's present, and he's victorious. So if you call Jesus your Lord and Savior this morning, can I invite you to join me and take out your emblems now? And I'm going to lead us through it. If you didn't get any, our hosts, they can grab the buckets now and maybe walk from the top of the aisle down the stairs. That would be awesome. And if you can just give them a little wave and they'll get that to you if you missed out on your communion. Awesome. Great. Okay. And just a reminder, the cracker represents his body and the juice represents his blood. But before we take these elements today, there's some important things we need to do. 1 Corinthians 11 says, everyone ought to examine themselves. This is really important. This is really important. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink from the cup. Because for those who eat and drink without discerning the importance of this, eat and drink judgment on themselves. We don't want judgment on ourselves. So can I ask you right now, just to take a moment to search our hearts for areas of any unconfessed sins. You know what they are. Areas that we may have grieved the Holy Spirit in our thinking, in our words, in our deeds. And just repent of it right now and confess it before Lord. And he is faithful to forgive us. I'm just going to give you a moment to do that. Lord God, I thank you for your power of your blood, and I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you that your word says you are faithful to forgive us, and that when we repent and confess our sins before you, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Father God, I ask that right now, before we take these emblems, you fill us afresh with your spirit. Thank you for dying on the cross and forgiving our sins. And Lord, we commit right now in this very moment our lives to you all over again today. 
as if it was the very first time. And Jesus said in 1 Corinthians 11, this is my body, which is for you. Do this, take this in remembrance of me. Let's eat the cracker. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is a brand new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's drink the juice together. Lord God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would bless every person here. Lord God, I pray for your joy, your peace, your resurrection life, your comfort, your strength, your wisdom, and your perfect shalom. Nothing missing and nothing broken in my life and the lives of my family. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Maybe you're here today and it's, you don't know Jesus, maybe it's your first time here or you've not made a decision for Jesus. Maybe your life, you would say, is far from him. I would love to invite you to pray today. We never go a Sunday without inviting people into relationship with Jesus. The truth is that God loves you and he made you. He has a great plan for your life and we all sin and we all mess up, don't we? And unfortunately, that's sin that separates us from God. But God in his grace sent his own son, Jesus, to die on a cross. And when he died, he took on himself what I deserve, what you deserve. And today he extends to every one of us his grace, forgiveness for our past. Thank you, Lord. New life right now, a hope for the future and eternity with him in heaven. If that's you here today, and you want to give your heart to Jesus, can I ask you to pray this prayer with me? Why don't we all bow our heads and close our eyes? And if you want to do this, why don't you just pray? I'm going to pray it out loud, and you can just pray it quietly in your heart. God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, but I believe, Jesus, that you died for me. I turn from my old life, and I turn to you. Come in and be the Lord of my life and make me brand new today. I choose from this day to live for you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer today, can I say that you, we are so proud of you. I just want you to do one more thing while people's eyes are still closed. I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to ask you to come forward, nothing like that. All I'm going to do is on the count of three, I'm going to get you just to put your hands straight up so I can see it and then you can pop it down so I know who I'm praying for. One, two, three. Just pop your hand up. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I see that hand. It's not too late. Come on. God loves you. 
awesome. Father God, I thank you for those people that made the decision to love you, to make him for you the Lord of their life. God, I thank you that you are faithful and just. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless them abundantly. I thank you that you are going to journey with them all the days of their life. I thank you that you have incredible plans and purposes for them. Lord God, I thank you. Lord God, I know that heaven celebrates. So Lord God, we celebrate too. In your precious and mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, church, can we give them a round of applause this morning? Awesome. So good, good. brilliant. Can we we thank Denise for a great message too this morning? Well done. Put your hands together for Denise. So good. So good. If if you just said yes to Jesus, right, then just uh, let, uh, don't let putting your hand up be the last thing you do today. Um, uh, We would love to be able to help you on your journey. And and, and the way to do that is you'll see in our foyer, we have some orange connect cards and uh, and if you'd like to connect with us so we can assist you and pray with you on that journey, you can you can fill that card out and take, I just said yes to Jesus on there. I want to let you know that it's a, it's a safe place.